Before we get started today, I have a few more listeners to thank for donations. So thank you to Gwen Barden, Kim Weaver, Irma Ward, Sarah Bowker, and Robin Cole. Once again, thank you so much for your donations. It's been incredibly helpful during a difficult time. If you would like to donate to the Messy Studio Podcast, just go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and click the Donate button. It's a yellow button in the upper right-hand corner, and there you can set up a recurring monthly donation or a single-time donation for any amount. So once again, thank you so much to everyone who donated. Uh, It's been incredibly helpful for covering medical bills and purchasing supplies for the baby. All right, that's it for now. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are moving forward. The new year is a traditional time to reflect on the past, set goals for the future, to contemplate your current situation, and to identify ways to move forward. Even if you are not someone who makes formal New Year's resolutions, most of us feel an underlying urge to take stock of what we'd like to improve upon or work toward in the coming year. Today we'll talk about evaluating how things are going in the studio and in your art business and what role your goals and insights may play in 2022. With me as always is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. So this is a topic that comes up at this time of year, uh, goals, resolutions, reflections. And so we thought we'd kind of do our take on that today. And I just want to say to start, I've never really been a person who makes a lot of lists of resolutions or even goals, really, although a lot of people do this at New Year's. And and I, I believe and know it can be an effective tool, but I'd say there are other ways to approach this that might be a better fit for you, depending on, you know, your own individual personality and so on. And I guess my own take on it is I kind of like the word intentions. And I know we've talked about that a lot on the podcast uh, in various ways. So the idea of intentions works better for me as a word than resolutions, Um it just kind of ties in with how I always think about my work and about, um, you know, intentions that are short-term, long-term um, for my for my art and my business. And so it's kind of an ongoing process that, you know, is, is always there. So, but I think at this time of year, I do feel a little differently, a little more focused on that. Um, I guess, you know, as a society, we're kind of programmed um, to see the new year as this kind of marker, right? Like before and the future, um, kind of thinking about what has been, what can be. And it's sort of like you're on the cusp of something and it, it there's a feeling of potential for change. I, I think it's a good time to think about shifts that you may be interested in bringing to your attitude or your work. Um, so hopefully, whether you personally make lists of resolutions or specific goals or not, we hope that today you'll find something interesting in what we're going to talk about, because we're going to, we want to go a little bit deeper than just saying, make a list. <laughs> so uh, Ross, I know you have some ideas about goal setting yourself, so... Yeah, I tend to not do New Year's resolutions, as I know that you don't. Um, I tend to do more goals and intentions. Um, and, uh, and I tend to, 
uh, try to keep them not too specific. Um, I I think that oftentimes uh, life tends to throw us a curveball, um, as as definitely we saw in 2020. Um, we went into that year with all kinds of goals and intentions that quickly needed to change <laughs> uh, because of the situation that we faced, and and that that kind of happened in my life again in 2021. Um, with uh, 2021 really becoming f- focused on moving across the country, um, and so it's uh, it's something where we we need to be able to roll with the punches and not necessarily get locked into uh, you know something that we put down at the beginning of the year. But at, at the same time, I think that with the new year comes kind of a new energy, and it's it's good to. Uh, use that to kind of motivate and uh, and and look towards the future and try to maybe not put plans into stone, but to I, that's why I like goals and intentions. Yeah, and I, I like what you say about energy. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit further on in the podcast about some of the things that that I'm not so good at keeping up with, and and yet just in the fast past few days, and these tend to be sort of financial and record-keeping kind of things. Just in the past few days, I've tackled a couple things I've been putting off. And so there is something, you know, at least at the beginning of the year that can really provide a surge and get it, to get some things done. And and I think that's that's all great. And I, I know that you also uh, have, uh, you, you write things down, right? Whether is that in a notebook or how do you do that? Yeah, my my resolutions and goals are in my my notes app on on my phone, um, and so I I can then kind of you know look at them and reevaluate them over time as as things go on. I I also have a a, a dry erase board a calendar uh, that's on my refrigerator, and so I I like to write things on that as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's something that I I think needs to be kind of continually reevaluated. Um, and, uh, and, but I do, I'm, I am a big fan of actually putting things down, um, in a, in a solid form. Uh, and, and I, I'm also a big fan of sharing your goals, intentions, resolutions, et cetera, with other people. Um, I think it's good to have that, that support and that accountability. Um, and so it, I, and it also just makes things more, uh, more solid, more more kind of um, formulated in your own mind. Yeah, I think that's a, that's really excellent. Um, and the the idea of having it visible, um, it, I think that's probably important for visual people. You know, for visual artists. Um, and you know, if you if you do a whiteboard or or just any any kind of piece of paper, you tack up somewhere that you can see it, might be very helpful. Um, I know that I I keep lists in my phone and on my computer too, but then I have to remember to actually look at them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's all kind of individual, like what works, what works for you. And that's something to think about, uh, you know, just getting started with any of this. And really, when I was thinking about this whole idea, I sort of realized there were there were two kinds of goals. If I could be really simplify things here, there are those things that you want to improve on and do better at. And, you know, you look at how you've been operating and you say, wow, I really need to do better at this or that. And we're going to talk a bit about that in a minute. And there's also the things that you 
you know, you're like excited about, you feel positive about, this is something I want to explore, this is something new. And so I think they, I, I, they could all be on the same list, absolutely. But maybe approaching, maybe you end up approaching them a little bit differently. And I, I think that that first category, the things that you're, you know, you sort of beat yourself up about and say, oh, why, why is, why are my financial records such a mess, <laughs> in my case? Um, and there are things that you just feel kind of uneasy about, right? And and maybe you procrastinate about them. And, and those are important to, to try to straighten out. Um, and I, that, uh, I think when we feel that we're not, we feel that uneasiness, we're not getting something done, or we're not doing something right. Um, I tend to think it's because deep down, we're afraid we can't do that, that somehow we're inadequate, or we're, we're just not that kind of person, you know, we just lack those basic skills, or whatever it is that takes to address that. And it, it really can make you feel pretty edgy and you feel kind of envious of the people that seem to have this all under control. Um, and, and so I think a place to start with that category of things, that the things that are not fun, you know, the things that you dread. <laughs> but, but when it comes to resolutions, you know, part of you says, yeah, I need to do this better. Um, think about why, what, what is that kind of root cause? Why are you in the position of having to do better? Um, I mean, if you're really bad at keeping financial records, you know, maybe it's a math anxiety or just uh, a, a extreme dislike of numbers or something. Um, or, you know, sometimes people, artists worry they're not spending enough time in the studio and that becomes a resolution or a goal, and, and underlying it could be, um, you know, being afraid of diving in, being afraid of failing. A lot of things that we've talked about on the podcast that can kind of block you, and and any of these things just become self-defeating kind of loops. Like I'm not doing it because I'm not good at it or I hate doing it. So I'll never be able to do it. And, and so I'm going to write these goals down and I probably won't accomplish them. And it's, it's like kind of awful. I, I think that's why, um, you know, a lot of people don't want to do that. Um, but I, I guess if I have any suggestion there, it's just trying to get some self-awareness of, of why this is a problem and then come up with some strategies that you can go at this with baby steps, you know, things that you can do or you have done well in the past, um, step by step. And I know that's a, uh, breaking things down into things that you can actually do, uh, without it being a huge project is a, is a very recommended way of taking these things on. Yeah, this whole process requires a lot of, of self-evaluation and honesty in terms of what you're actually capable of doing, what you're going to be able to stick with. And it's your success is all going to come down to putting systems into place that, that do play to your strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, I think it's important that we, we not be afraid, that we not get we not tell ourselves, I'm bad at this, I'm bad at that, right. and therefore I have an out, I don't need to do that because I'm bad at that. I, I think that it's important that we we do try to 
push ourselves in areas where we're not comfortable, where where we do need to improve. Um, but we also need to <laughs> need to be honest with ourselves about what we're actually going to be able to stick with. Right. So <laughs> it's it, there's definitely a balancing act there, and we talk about balancing acts a whole lot. I I would encourage our listeners try to push yourself. But also try to put systems into place that that play to your strengths rather than your weaknesses. Right. Uh, that yes. And what have you done in the past that worked? What small steps have you taken towards whatever the bigger picture is that you you know you need to work on? And we're still kind of in the category of things we don't want to do, as opposed to the more exciting things. Um, I mean, for myself, as I mentioned, I'm I'm pretty bad at keeping records. I mean, that this would include, I, I'm not terrible at financial records. That's so important for taxes and everything. And I've, I've had to figure it out, you know, uh, inventory, not so good. Um, and, and I asked myself, well, what is that about? You know, and as you mentioned, part of me thinks, oh, I'm just not that kind of person. <laughs> you know, I, I don't like it. It's overwhelming. Uh, if I go in a little bit deeper, maybe I sort of think I'm never going to be able to do this right. You know, I'm never going to be on top of this. And why is that? You know, is it, I, I don't know. I, this is my own challenge to figure out. Uh, another area that, you know, I know that I need to work on is I don't communicate enough with my galleries. And this, I, I really fell out of the habit a lot in 2020 because there wasn't a lot going on. But it's always been something I hesitate. You know, I, I'm afraid of bugging people and I, this and that. Um, it's And I, for this one, I think it's basic social anxiety. I mean, it's basically my hesitation to contact people kind of out of the blue and say what's going on. Um, I even have this bizarre fear that if I call up a gallery that represents me, they won't know who I am. <laughs> I mean, I have to look at that and say, you know, that's a little strange. <laughs> so, but that, I mean, I'm admitting this to the public right now. This is a problem. I don't like calling up galleries. I don't like those kind of contacts. And so, and these are galleries that already represent me, not cold calling anybody. Right. <laughs> but So it's a little weird. Do you, th- do you think you'd feel more comfortable with with just sending out an email on a a periodic basis? Yeah, that's what I tend to do. I tend to send out the emails and and yet they don't always get a response. You know, galleries are busy and they have represent a lot of artists, so when you're just emailing and saying how's it going, you know, uh that's really a better thing to do on the phone. You know, you're going to get somebody right away and you can have a conversation. So Anyway, those are a couple things that that I would like to do better. And I think, you know, it means facing up to some kind of strange uh, attitudes of my own that that are easy to bury. I mean, you can easily just tell yourself, I don't need to do that, or that's not important. But, you know, it it could, it could make a difference. Um, So yeah, how often do you how often would you like to contact your galleries? Uh, I would say every four to six weeks just to say hi, <laughs> you know, any, any interest, any suggestions, do you need anything from me? And I realized that if I could get into that habit, um, then, then those calls would be expected. They wouldn't be out of the blue. They'd be like, oh, it's, right. yeah, it's Rebecca on the phone again. She does this. <laughs> Are you still 
working with a with a, a paper calendar or, or are you on like a, a Google calendar? Oh, or a Google calendar. Yeah, I'm not that okay. antiquated. But <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I know that for years and years you had a, that, a paper calendar that ran your life. Well, that but, is true. That um, is true. Yes. And it's been probably the last four or five years. I Yeah, I put everything on the and I look at it. I put it on my Google calendar and I look at it. Um, so it's, what about, what about if every week you, you know, on, on Monday or something, when people are fresh, you know, you Monday afternoon, you make a a phone call every week to, to one gallery. Oh, you see, you're inspiring great fear and trepidude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm trying to help you put a system in place. No, and and I understand. And, and that kind of system, it's very, it feels very challenging, you know, to, to take even that small step. If it was me, I would not want to sit down and call six or eight galleries. Right. You know, in an afternoon. I would not want to do that all at once. No. But one gallery a week is like, to me, that would be manageable. Yeah. And it's something that if you just got into the habit, okay, you know, who's on who's on the schedule this week? Who am I calling? Yeah, yeah. So. Well, definitely worth considering. <laughs> And I, I think it, you know, it is challenging. It's like, how do you actually change anything? And and if you, if you look back and you say, I've had a certain goal, whoever it, whatever it is, whoever you are, and I, I worked on it for a while, and then I slacked off again. And then then you feel, oh, that's that's an indication that I really can't do this. Um, I would say that recognizing what you have done and try to build on it as you mentioned before what what strengths do you have that's good um and that i think that's an important aspect and also you know i kind of think it's okay sometimes to accept good enough um about certain things because we all only have so much time and energy uh some people don't have a lot of time for their art or their art business and kind of figuring out what well what can you let go and it's not really going to hurt anything one one of the issues i have with uh keeping up with inventory is my ideal mind says i should enter everything you know every piece and yet um i i i produce a lot of work and and some of it is major it's well developed it's important work it's going out to galleries some of it isn't so important. It's smaller things. It's things I might, you know, sell at a workshop, um, you know, a little work on paper, things like this. And, you know, I note the sale. I note the financial transaction, but I don't track all this work. And, um, and it, you know, I think maybe that's okay. You know, I mean, I just... I just can't keep up with all of it. And, and to say, well, okay, but I do need to keep up with the bigger things, the things that are in galleries and so on. And and then I think, yes, I can do that if I let go of the idea that I have to do, it's like all or nothing, you know? <laughs> Maybe right. some is fine. And and that could apply to a lot of things that people struggle with. What, what do you need to do to make it work, to be adequate, and you don't have to be great at everything? <laughs> Let's take a minute to talk about what's new from Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and Jerry have an exciting winter quarter planned with a focus on working with Cold Wax Medium, 
using both abstract and realistic approaches. Members will enjoy opportunities to participate in portfolio reviews and critiques, and of course engage with the ongoing weekly live sessions that explore featured topics in depth. Cold Wax Academy is the only online teaching platform devoted exclusively to deepening and developing your painting practice in every aspect. Lessons are centered on the range of uses for cold wax medium, but also include important insights and information about all other aspects of art practice. For information about joining this vibrant international community of artists and to learn more about cold wax medium, please visit coldwaxacademy.com. That's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get back into it. So I was, the other day I saw this Calvin and Hobbes cartoon. Most people know who that is, I guess. And Hobbes asked Calvin if he's making any New Year's resolutions. And Calvin says, um, just wing it and see what happens. <laughs> and then Hobbes says, oh, so you're staying the course. And Calvin says, I stick to my strengths. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's funny because it is so true. A lot of us do a lot of winging it, hoping for the best, uh, and and actually doing quite well that way, you know. I mean, that is the reality. A lot of things that we we think ideally we need to be better at might take a second look and say, okay, uh, what parts of this can I wing? Uh, but but I I totally don't think you should shut off the possibility of change or finding better ways to do things. It's kind of like what what are the big stressors? What are the things that you know really bug you <laughs> and and take those on to some degree uh, and figure out um, what what small steps you can take. What can you put on your calendar? If you put it on your calendar, will you actually do it? <laughs> and it is true that when you when you schedule things, you write them down and there it does provide a little extra incentive. It's, it's a little bit harder to look away from that. Once it's um, once it's written down, and the other you know the other thing we've briefly mentioned is um, you know looking at um, what you have accomplished and one of the, my past issues has it is still somewhat ongoing is is a time management because you know I have a lot going on you know <laughs> it's like the the studio work the business with Jerry Cold Wax Academy the um, this podcast and, and, and the rest of life, you know? And so at times I have been, I've really felt overwhelmed and stressed, but I do think that over time I've gotten better about, uh, scheduling things in a way that are not so overwhelming. And so I look at that as progress. It's still something I'm working on, but it helps to know that actually, I think I'm starting to get a handle on this. So that's, that's all good. Um, and I did want to talk also about the, the things that are, um, that other goal that I mentioned, the, the things that you might be working toward that are exciting. I mean, they're suggesting growth and adventure and learning something new. And, and we, I believe we absolutely need those kind of goals too, because otherwise it's kind of dreary. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of those probably for a lot of our listener, listeners would center around, um, what you do in the studio, like the art itself. Um, and a really good basic one is to ask yourself, what would really help me grow my work in the coming year? Like, what is that? Is that taking a workshop? Is that trying to get involved in an artist residency or 
um, maybe um, a local gallery or uh, a bigger gallery. I mean, maybe aim high. Maybe it's travel. Maybe you just need to find some way to schedule an exhibit, and that gives you something to work toward and get excited about. So in the in the realm of, you know, getting your work out, um, there's a lot of things that you can focus on as goals. And in the realm of making the work, there's a lot of stuff. Um, one thing that I've been asking myself is what's kind of hanging around the edges of my thoughts in regard to what I do in the studio? Like what what have I gotten excited about at some point and then kind of dropped or never really explored? And um, there's a number of those things that have to do not with painting. Typically, I go in the studio and I paint. <laughs> and that's I love that. It's right in front of my face. I've usually got you know, several large paintings going and then I just walk in and do that. But then there's things like printmaking and things like working on paper and, and other, oh, encaustic. I, at some point I bought a bunch of uh, secondhand encaustic stuff, used it for a couple days, got excited, and now it's on a shelf, you know. And it's kind of this, uh, I think a lot of artists identify with these little spurts of excitement about, oh, and, and, and probably accompanied by getting new supplies, you know. And you have this kind of, okay, it's on the back burner. I'm going to do this. So when is that going to happen? Um, and I think for myself, I've been, I've been thinking about this for a while. How can I set aside time? I, it's, for me, almost has to be a separate studio session. And when I go into the studio, I'll say, I'm not painting. I'm doing this other stuff because I really do want to do it. And so that's kind of my plan right now is to try to set aside maybe some time each week that is for these other things that I want to explore. And um, and that started with some realization of my own tendencies, my own habits to always focus on painting. Um, and when I do these other things, it tends to be in an artist residency or for a long time, I was doing a little bit of, of uh, loose drawing in the, in, when I first went into the studio. I had a sketchbook I kept for months and months, and that was a good practice, which kind of fell apart over the summer when we were moving and stuff like that. So, you know, something to get back into. Um, and I think the last thing I definitely wanted to get back into in a little more detail is what you mentioned early on about accountability. Um, and that's something that is, it can be a part of, you know, your regular life, it can be a part of certain projects. Um, you know, for me, it's um, this business I do with Jerry is a collaboration, and we absolutely are accountable to one another with Cold Wax Academy. You and I are accountable to each other with this podcast. Um, but there are artists who who also work in a sort of loose group where they uh, they meet, they talk about what they're doing, and and this could extend to those things that aren't as fun as well. <laughs> so I think that's a interesting. Um, uh, avenue to to explore for this kind of idea of personal accountability with another person. Yeah, and I I had personally have different accountability partners for like various aspects of my life. Um, I I kind of consider you to be a an accountability partner, um, and then I have my friend Carlos who I talk with on a weekly basis about business stuff and family and. 
Uh, and then I have uh, a group of guys that I, I meet with um, that's uh, more like kind of spiritual philosophy type stuff that we talk about. Um, but I think it's good to to have um, people in your life that can support you in, in various aspects of your life. And of course, all of these things kind of build on each other and relate to each other. So if you're deficient in one aspect of your life, if your your mental health or your spiritual well-being is not doing as well, then that's something that you need to address because it's going to affect your creativity, your business, um, your work and your family life. Yeah, absolutely. And and to find supportive people around you, that's such a gift. And I imagine, you know, most people listening to this have friends that they confide in or friends that they talk to a lot. But, you know, the idea of making it a bit more structured. I mean, when I assume when you call Carlos, it's, you know, this is, we're doing this, you know, we're, we're not just chit chatting. And, and that setting up something like that with somebody that you trust seems like a really, really positive, productive um, way to go about it. Yeah, and sometimes it is, you know, just kind of touching base and okay, how's how are the kids? How's the wife? Um, you know, what are you, what are you working on? Um, and sometimes it's a fifteen minute call, but oftentimes it's it's you know we talk for an hour or two, and it's um, you know some a lot of times it'll there'll be some issue that one of us is dealing with that we're able to kind of talk it out. Yeah. Um, so I I think it is important to have. Uh, a person that you can go to with specific things. Right, a sounding board, and and you have something in common. Um, for a lot of our listeners, that would be a studio practice. Um, I I think there's so much potential for artists to help each other and give each other feedback. I'm fortunate to have um, a person who often comes to my studio here who says the most amazing, insightful things that every single time I'm left contemplating and it's amazing. And, and, you know, if you, when you invite someone into your studio, um, if you, if you say you exchanged regular studio visits, once they're in the studio, that's a pretty focused opportunity. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to chit chat too, but somebody comes to your studio, they're going to, they're going to be uh, focused on your work and you go to theirs and you can focus on theirs. And that's so valuable. So, um, you know, just kind of throwing a few ideas out there about maybe cultivating more of those kind of relationships around your goals and telling that person, here's some of my goals. Uh, and then they tell you theirs and you see what happens. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Yeah, I think getting back to the idea of making resolutions and so on for the new year, uh, I think a lot of people either, you know, love that idea or hate that idea. <laughs> And it's sort of, as I said, sort of all or nothing. Um, but if you get away from that, obviously, we all have things we can work on going forward. So whether or not you take the new year as the opportunity to, you know, kind of write some of those down and think about them or not, um, that's that's an individual choice. But there is something about this time of year. It's, it seems to be a good time to consider, you know, what's working for you? What do you need to change? Um, and um, try to avoid that idea that, uh, you know, it's the downfall of so many resolutions. <laughs> you do it for a few weeks and then it goes away and you end up just feeling sort of frustrated and kind of bad about yourself. So, um, 
you know, taking a few steps to make it a more positive experience, considering what you have done well, uh, focus on some goals that are achievable. Those are standard advice little bits, but, you know, they have a basis in human behavior and you can make it work for you. But I think um, most people would do well with a sort of individualized approach and understanding your own needs, your own personality and how you work. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.